Okay. Okay. Uh, good, good morning. So, Behemshech, uh, I'm continuing. Last week I did a shir on the uh, Shoma, the soul of El. So it seems consistent to go now into uh, the soul of Rosh Hashanah. Being that it's a little more than a week after Chayel. Um, so I'll do this share next week as well. I believe they say this on Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah, in contrast to El, obviously has many more Maimari Chsidis because uh, literally every Rosh Hashanah that Abayim said Maimari. So you have hundreds of Maimari, starting from the Alter Rebbe all the way to the Rebbe. So difficult to sum up hundreds of my modem in, uh, in one year, especially being that there are so many different sugis and different uh, dibra maskels and so many different kavim. So what I'll do is at least some of the most fundamental, if you can call it that. It's hard to choose because they're all fundamental, especially when they're said. But nevertheless, there's uh, things that are more klolim, they're more protim. So, of course, the same question can be applied, and I think it's important. And I'm saying this also as a, as a methodology uh, to understand not just what Chassidus says, but why Chassidus is saying it. In other words, what does Chassidus come to contribute that someone that didn't learn Chassidus would not know? And I know it seems like a klotzkasha, and everybody here probably has the answers, but I find that many people can't answer that question in simple English. You know, we start bump, we say, say all kinds of uh, party lines. So just a few minutes dwelling on that, because when you understand what this comes to contribute, then whether it's applying it to Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur or Sukkot or Elul or whatever the topic may be, changes the whole uh, way of looking at it. So we understand this is uh, part of Primis HaTeda. Primis HaTeda, the Zeha calls Neshmasa Daraisa, Neshama. So... Essentially, in contrast to Nigla, which is Gufa Daraisa, you can call the mechanics of Judaism. So Chassidus is the internal workings of Judaism, which is a very different and different role to play. Um, and in that sense, the first thing that you could say Chassidus contributes to the Nisham of things. In other words, you can learn the Homosech to Shabbos and all Hilcha Shabbos and know every detail of the Lamates Malachas and every of Malach and Tulda and, and so on, and not necessarily understand what happens on Shabbos, because the Gemara doesn't always say it. And what is the, the, the what's the Matzav Adam? How should we be on Shabbos? Besides the pure halachas of Enoch Shabbos or other things, the way he's supposed to dress or how we're supposed to behave or daven. So Chassidus comes and explains what is the Mohus, what does it mean by Yichul HaShemayim, what does it mean what does it mean by Yemashviz, Menuche, all these ideas is not just not working. Not that you go, don't go to work, you don't carry money. But there's a whole um, experience of Shabbos. And the same thing with other Yom Tev. The truth is that all Primis covers it. However, Chassidus explains it in Eifan of Chabad, where you can explain it also to Nefesh Habamis. And it's not cryptic or words that most of us don't relate to. If you, you read pure Kabbalah, Kisveriza on Shabbos, you'll also get the premius of it. But most cases won't understand its personal meaning because the language is uh, simply prohibitive. 
when you learn the Alter Rebbe, the other Marabeim, they take the Arizal or the Zehar or other Kabbalistic texts and will turn it into something with Hamoshal or Mipsar Erzalaka, something that we could understand the Gashmias from our own lives and so on. So that's on a basic level. Of course, the Rebbe has Kuntus and Yanush Loteris Achsidis, where the Rebbe says, What is Achsidis? and uh, goes through all the different things that Chassidus came to contribute. Essentially, without going into the details, also Nishmosa that I said, but not just Nishmosa, the Yechideh, the deepest part of the Nishama. But there's one more thing I want to add, which I think really can help tremendously. Uh, I've told the story, I think, a number of times. I don't know how well known it is, but it's when the, 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 uh, when the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe traveled to Berlin once, among the different travels, so he stayed somewhere and he had uh, different uh, people come to see him. There was a delegation of uh, Rabbonim, German, German Rabbonim, that came to see the Friedrich Rebbe. Remember Germany, Zeynachanami had all kinds of other th- th- things happening there, but there was also a very strong Orthodox Jewish community for almost a thousand years there, in Frankfurt, the Main, and so on. So a group of, uh, of uh, Shemirei Temirei uh, Mitzvahs in Rabbonim in in Germany came to see the Friedrich Rebbe, and one of the questions they asked him, they were sitting outside in the lobby of a very elegant hotel, so one of the questions they asked the Friedrich Rebbe is, what did Chassidus come to contribute? He said, we're here, a, a, a strong community, and we Chassidus never reached, because remember, there was no Tamidi Baal Shem Tov that ended up in Germany, at least initially. Um, so the Friedrich Rebbe gave them a moshel. Since they were sitting in the lobby, he said, what do you see here? So the lobby was a very, as I said, a very opulent, a very, uh, very high-end hotel. So they saw the main thing that stood out were these big marble pillars. You know, these, uh, these powerful pillars that, were, that dominated the, the lobby in the hotel. Okay, and they described it. The Friedrich Rebbe stood up from the sofa or the couch that they were sitting on and they all walked over with him to the, one of the pillars they came close to the pillar. The Friedrich Rebbe took a lamp that was near the, the pillar and shined it on the pillar. And he says, what do you see now? So they said, now we see the exquisite flowers and designs that are engraved in the marble. Why didn't you say that before? They said, because from a distance, you only see the big picture. You, don't, you only see the cholos, the whole thing. They didn't say the word makif, but they, basically you see it in general. You don't see the details. When you come close, you shine the, the light, you see the details. The flowers, that was what they said. So Friedrich Rebbe said, the same thing Siddhis came to contribute. Didn't come to Mechadish or bring new Teirich Rashon. Everything was given at Matan Teirich. But over the years, you can just have a general picture of Yiddishkeit. And Siddhis came to shine a light on the flowers of Yiddishkeit. The Baal Shem Tov, what did he teach? Avis Yisrael. Avis Yisrael is a mitzvah in the mitzvah says that I said. After the Chakamecha, Klal Godel B'Teirich says Rabbi Akiva, all these things already say before the Baal didn't not one there's not one thing that Baal taught that is a complete there are chidushim in the sugis itself but what did the Baal do he focused what are the yisaydis to understand you can sometimes focus on a detail or you can focus on the foundation the flowers so with that in mind even though this may be something that's a given for everybody here and everybody that learns these inyonim, so then you could apply exactly the same thing to Rosh Hashanah. Now, Rosh Hashanah is pretty much known in the, definitely in the Frum world, but even in that, we know Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are both um, 
the big Yom Tevim of the year where most people go to shul. See, the shuls are packed in the United States all over the world. So Shoshana is there. People who know Rosh Hashanah well, Alpi Alocha, Alpi Nigla, there's, you know, Mitzvah Seyim B'Shefer, and so many other aspects of Rosh Hashanah, Yem Adin, Haschol Sashanah, Reish Sashanah, etc., etc. So, so if you ask what does the come to contribute, you have to ask, that question really is, is what is the flowers of Rosh Hashanah, so to speak, and what is that deeper Neshama part beyond the, the technical part? The technical part we all know, as I said, Mitzvah Seyim B'Shefer, this year it's um, Shabbos, so no, you don't blow Shefer on the first day, and all the halachas around that. And the same thing with the other dinim, whether it's Malchus Zechreinah Shefer's or the, the Sudas of Rosh Hashanah and the Minhagim and the Tfilas, etc., etc. But what's the Neshama of it? So really, all the Mamorim of the Rabbeim, that's what they come to answer, to explain what is happening on Rosh Hashanah. So let's talk about a few of the key points. And this is, I'm just taking, I'm distilling it from a number of my modem, starting from Lakut Teira, obviously, is the first place to begin. Drushi Rosh Hashanah in Lakut Teira. There's a section, Shad Rosh Hashanah in, Shad um, Kiyas, I should say, in Siddur, uh, Siddur im Dach. The Mitla Rebbe gathered together, just, just for information purposes, the Siddur was the Mitla Rebbe taking all the Maimonim that the Alta Rebbe said, he didn't, the Alter Rebbe didn't say them on the Siddur, but he said them over, over the years. So the, he collected everything that was said on, a, on any tefillah and put it into a sefer and published Siddurim Dach. Mostly they're Hanochis of the Mitla Rebbe, of the Alter Rebbe's Mamorim, but organized based on the Siddur. So there's a section, Sharat Kiyas, that he talks about Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe would quote it probably every year almost. And then there is, uh, from, the Mitla, from the Mitla Rebbe as well, Ateres Reish, where he brings together my modern Rosh Hashanah and Sersi Mechuva and Yom Kippur. And then from all the Rabbi, after that, the Tzemach Tzedek has a whole bunch of my modern besides explanations of the Alter Rebbe's my modern. And the same the Rebbe Marash and the Rabbi afterwards each said, my modern, every Rosh Hashanah we have a Maimer. So as I said, there's hundreds of my modern literally. So a few of the Nekudas, to start from the beginning. What, what is Rosh Hashanah? What, are we, what happens on Rosh Hashanah? And as, as we said, I said about El last week, it's not just by, by the Ebers to happen to choose one day in the year, B'yeh Marishin, it's Chedesh Ashvi, Chedesh Ashvi, B'yeh Marishin, B'yeh Mechud, Chedesh Ashvi, and made, made Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is connected to things that happen. Hayom Meil in Eskarim V'nasim, there's a Hamshacha that happens on Rosh Hashanah. So in the, in the Pesukim in Chumash, we all know that Rosh Hashanah is the sixth day of creation, the day that Odom and Chava were created, and, um, which was the central crown jewel of creation. That's why Zehayim Tchilis Masecha, why we say that Rosh Hashanah, when creation was six days earlier. So all the Mamarim that talk about Bechofei Nivra Elam, Bechofei El Nivra Elam, but that's Nivra Elam, but the Elam is Bishreshi, is Bishri Yisrael, Bishri Lateira, and when is the purpose of creation? That's Zehayim Tchilas Masecha. So we count and begin the year, and we, the birthday, we consider the birthday of the universe the birthday of human being. Because it's the human being that fulfills the purpose of creation. Like he says in the mission in Sanhedrin, Lamed Af, Lamed Zayin, Lamed Ches, Lamed Zayin, that says there, why Lama Ivra Nivra Adam Yechidi? And also, why did they able to create the Adam, the end of creation? So he gives, gives the two reasons there. One is because it's the special guest. It's like you prepare Suda, 
and you don't first invite the special guest to the table and then you set the table. First you set the table and then you bring in the guest. So that's why they come at the end, the special guest. The second reason that's given there is in case a human being sins, Chaz Shalom transgresses. So we're told, even a zvuv preceded you. Don't think you're so special because even a small insect, a mosquito, was created before you. So one of the questions Chassidus asks is, which one is it? On one hand you say it's a special guest, on the other hand you say it's a, even inferior to a zvuv, to, a, to an insect. So of course the answer is, depends how you bathe. If a human being fulfills the purpose of la'avda l'shamra, as the Pasuk says about Adam and and elevates the world, like it says, then that day Adam called the entire world and said, and elevates the world, then he's the special guest. If Rahman al-Islam, a person does something the opposite, so in the Lashon Achsidis of the famous expression, that when a Russia walks on, this, on, the st- on the stones of the ground, the stones yell out, what chutzpah do you have to walk on us? We never transgressed against Ratz and Hashem, and you're, and you're walking on us. In other words, like he says in Tanya, all the demon Sameachai, they never go against God's will. They can't elevate the world beyond the regular structure. But they also don't defy and destroy the Ibishta's plan. And a human being has that power. So then we're inferior even to Azvuv. But getting back to the point, so that's why Zayim Tchilis Masecha, Rosh Hashanah, is the, is the central point of all of creation. This is the day when you and I and all of us, collectively, our collective birthday. And as such, it's a, that's, that already puts everything else in motion. What's the day of a birthday? What do we do on a birthday? Birthday is a day of Cheshman Nefesh, a day when we ask ourselves, why were we born? Why were we created? Why are we here? So in the collective sense, that's Rosh Hashanah. Ask that question, why are we here? So that's why you see, that's essentially what it comes down to. So here you can learn the whole nigla of Rosh Hashanah and never ask that question. So first, the first question is a simple, I'm putting it in very simple English. A few years ago I was asked to write an article for a, uh, a secular magazine for Rosh Hashanah and I had to put it in a language that is relevant to everybody who may not even know all the Hebrew words and ideas. So that's what I called it, that this is the day, the, your birthday, and your question has to be, your, your question of Rosh Hashanah is, why are you here, and to be accountable for your behavior. I got a tremendous amount of feedback on it. It was purely coming from my Marek but I put it into that simple English. And that's why Rosh Hashanah, when you say, Yem Haddin, you know, we all know about the Yem Haddin. And uh, I can't tell you how many didn't tell me that for them they're afraid of, they're terrified of Rosh Hashanah. Yem Adin, finally, you know, once a year, you, you get away with everything, then once a year you're going to have to stand before the Ebershtah and give Adin B'cheshm. It can be pretty uh, daunting, pretty overwhelming. But, but you learn a little chassidus, you learn Yem Adin, what means Yem Adin exactly? That the Ebershtah has nothing to do but to judge us. I mean, what, he created a human being with chasrenus and a Yetzirah, and then he chooses a date to judge us for things that we made wrong. The Ebershtah created us in a way that we can't be perfect. Even in the tzaddik baras, the shriyasetevel ayechta. So, what, what is what's exactly the yim adin? I mean, I don't know if anyone ever asked that question, but it's like a klotzkash. I've heard it many times, but you know, usually when we were yeshiva, you asked such a question, you usually got a slap, or you were considered a pedekel. But the fact of the matter, it's a simple question. What what does this mean exactly, yim adin? 
And honestly, if I think if you don't look through this again, it sounds like, okay, you know, all year round you're going to school, then once a year the principal calls you in and say, tell me what you did this year. You know, we all know how that feels. But what, it doesn't make sense. The Ebrist is a beta, we're a nivra. I mean, what, what is he, judging us and then punishing us? That's the general um, basic understanding. Arshana is a sanatekif that we establish. This is the day that will establish the destiny of the entire year. So I don't want to sound skeptical or irreverent, but I can tell you, and I'm sure that you've seen it and you will see it, many people who are intelligent people will say so. That, that, so basically it's a superstition thing. That you know, you, don't want to, you want to be on God's good side. So one day a year or two days a year, and yeah, you include Yom Kippur, three days a year, you come, you do, you got to do a few things to make sure God uh, like gives you a good year, a blessed year, a sweet year. And that's the general take on it, which is a very, in many ways, it's quite childish. And you look at this, you start realizing, one second, there's a lot more going on here. As I said, the basic question was, the Abish have nothing to do but to judge us. So, and then, and this next year, anyone's going to be perfect. So I remember, I just uh, one point, I'll just take it from the Rebbe's, uh, this comes from the Mamorim, but it's actually Tovshinun Beis. Um, the Esata, the last time the Rebbe spoke a bracha out of Rosh Hashanah. So we know the Rebbe benched at Klal Yisrael every day of Rosh Hashanah, and, and uh, he would give a bracha when they gave the Pankloli to the Rebbe. So Tovshinun Beis, you can look it up, it's Muget. The Rebbe, I mean, we didn't understand all the meaning of it until later in the year, what happened that year, Nun Beis. But if you look at the first opening of the bracha, the Rebbe says, you do as Rosh Hashanah Yem Hadin. He starts with Din, which itself was not something you usually heard in the bracha. The brachas were usually and all the brachas the Rebbe gave. And the Rebbe continued and said, but Din in Teireh is, um, the Rebbe said, there's no such thing as Din, Stam Din. The whole purpose of Din is Vitzilo Ha'edah. I, they may be guilty, so what do you mean Hitzilu? So the Rebbe said, because all of Din, Gvura, is to bring Chesed. And he goes on to explain that the whole purpose of Din is, is Chesed. And it's not Din as in, as in Gvura's Koshes Chas but it's a Din that when you have, I'm just uh, paraphrasing a bit of the Sikha, Din is when you have a relationship with someone, you're accountable. It's not Din as in being afraid, Abish is going to judge you, you made a thing, and you have to now be scared what he's going to do to you get even with you or punish you. It's accountability on the contrary. If you're a partner, there's accountability. On the contrary, it's, it's uplifting. It means that you're expected to achieve something in your life. And on a son, we sit and make a cheshman. Did we achieve it? And what can we do to make it better? That's basically what the Rebbe says there. And he goes on to speak about din, and, uh, and he talks about a lot about Geula there. But um, I mean, later in the year, of course, was Chavzai and others, so... Maybe that was miramis to some of the dinim that were coming. But regardless, that's the central theme there. So we look at this, the whole thing takes on a different uh, perspective. That Rosh Hashanah is not a day of being afraid and trembling before God. Rosh Hashanah is a day where, on the contrary, the crown jewel, the Abraham chose on Hashanah, put on Hashanah on earth, that you are my partner in fulfilling the mission of making a b'tachtenim. And, what, and here we're, we're renewing that contract on Rosh Hashanah. So when you renew a contract, what do you do? We call it an evaluation. You evaluate what happened this past year, and you make a, a, a chlotus that next year should be even better. You think of it that way, it changes the whole perspective. And I'm not exaggerating. Last week I gave a talk 
to a Litvisha crowd, and I shared some of this. And I can tell you, I can't tell you, at least 10 people came over to me. They said they never heard Rosh Hashanah explained that way. And I didn't say anything really, frankly, that was uh, mind-blowing. I basically, the, the Rosh Hashanah is so, um, has so been ingrained in people's consciousness, especially in the firm world, as a negative day, that even hearing that one second, they must, you know, Rosh Hashanah is doing the opposite. It's the day God chose to create the human being, not the day God chooses to destroy the human being. It's not a day of uh, it's a day of uh, vote of confidence. And if there's a new Rosh Hashanah, it means the Ebushter wants the world, and he wants you. Now, that, that part of that is like anything, excuse me, that's a loving relationship, <laughs> expects re- reciprocity, respect, is, expects a certain relationship. There's expectations. We have expectations of the Ebushter, and the Ebushter has expect, expectations of us. So when you look at it that way, the whole din takes on a different, it's a day of accountability. That's what it means. And accountability is actually what you expect from adults. But people should live up to the expectations, to the, what, 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 what you, the purpose that you're, of your crea- creation. So that's why the Maimonim talk about, when they talk about Rosh Hashanah, the next two points I want to make are all part of this Agdama. And that is number one, what happens on Rosh Hashanah exactly? So the Alter Rebbe puts in a Simen Yudalad in the Geras HaKedosh in Tanya. So he says that right before Rosh Hashanah, there's the Stalkus Ha'er of the previous year. That's why it says, Mereshis Hashanah, Vat Achrishana, and Reshis Chosar Aleph. Alter Rebbe points it out. It says, Eini Hashem Al-Kechabah, Mereshis Hashanah, Vat Achrishana. So why is Reshis without an Aleph? So he says, because Chosar Aleph, because the Eir is in Stalik, which in simple English means the, before the year, as the year ends, basically the contract has run out. The expiration, essentially, of God's energy that he put in for the year Tovshin, let's say this year, Tovshin Pei Gimel. And it runs out. And then, through Aravada, there he says two things, either through Tfila or Tkir Shefer. The Rebbe explains that there's, there's, both are obviously part of it. We are Mamshech, the Aleph. So, hamshoche, and that's why he says the big famous expression there, uh, an air that never existed and never will exist is mimshach in this world. Which, of course, is a tremendous statement. That means first time ever in this Rosh Hashanah will be Tavshim Peidalad, an air that never existed, not in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, not in the time of the Ovis, not in the time of the Alter Rebbe. It's a new air chadash enters into existence. The Yisod of the Alter Rebbe is essentially Kisvarizah. He says more or less, Lashon HaKabal, he says that before Rosh Hashanah, the world goes into a state of Durmita, Durmita Dezah, or Durmita, which is a state of Shina, like sleep, just like when we go to sleep, in order to regenerate and recharge the battery, so to speak. So now a new Eir Chodesh enters, just like Chadosh and Lubkarim, every day, every morning. Rosh Hashanah is the collective, as I said, birthday, the collective, um, the collective uh, awakening of a new world, of a new world, a new year, new year. So this again is the neshama of Rosh Hashanah. It's telling you what happens, and that puts everything else in motion. Now, why does it happen on Rosh Hashanah? Because, as I said, that's the day of creation of the human being. So it's the perfect time. When does it happen? It happens every year that same day, Yem Shishi Maisa which interestingly then was a Friday. Now it can be a Friday. Lo Friday can be Rosh Hashanah, but the first day of Rosh Hashanah, that is. 
And, um, and that's what happens every year, Rosh Hashanah. The second point Chassidus talks about is Tikka B'Chedesh Shefer. Chedesh, from the word Chidush, this idea of Oyr Chodosh, something Chodosh that didn't exist till now. Now, what's the significance of that? And remember, I'm quoting now, I don't know, I was talking about my Marim Zayyim Chis Masacha on that theme. Now, the Marim <coughs> that talk about Chidush. So there's a, there's a lot, lot of my modem on this topic, but namely, especially Samach Vov, the Rebbe quotes it very often, Samach in Samach Shech Samach Vov, not the first Maimah, which is Yom Tov Shoroshana, but in Tov Shech Samach Zayin, the Maimah Tika Bachet Shefer. It's a very Yisraelitic Maimah, where it collects together a lot of ideas from other Maimahim, but the focus on the word Chidush, that the, the big question, of course, in Samach Vov, in general, is, um, since... Before called before Briyas Elam was Elin Sof Mamala Kolamitsis. And then the Abishta created a Simpsum in order to allow for the existence of Elamis of, of, of the world. And Arav and then is Mamshik Hakav, Vachut, a a thread, a line, like a laser beam of energy to create existence. And Aravada is to be Mamshik and re- reconnect the world after the Tzimtzum with the world before the Tzimtzum, meaning with Eden Sof, the Fnei Tzimtzum. So comes the big question, right, in the beginning of Samach Vov, and as I said, it's a question throughout Chassidus. So Mike, what's, what, do we, what do we accomplish? We're back to square one. Eden Sof was already filling everything beforehand. It was Eneid Movade. So what was the Chiddush that happened here? The Tzimtzum came, concealed the air, and we're bringing back the air. So, so, so nothing was accomplished. It's like someone shutting the lights and putting back the lights on. But the lights were on already before. So my, my, what, what was the Chiddush here? So the Samach so the answer is two answers. One is the Chiddush is now, it's in Kalim. Before the Tzimtzum, there were no Makablim. It was only Eneid Malvade. So the, obviously the Ebersh, the only thing is the Ebersh, the Hayoyahu B'Shmei Bolvat. Actually, Nivan Elam, Hayoyahu B'Shmei Bolvat. The Chiddush afterwards, that now there's room for Kalim, that the Tzimtzum creates, and we're able, even the Kalim, like an like example of a Talmud. Before there was only a teacher, now there's also a student, and the Chiddush is the student could also appreciate the teacher. That's the first answer. Obviously the answer that Rebbe Rashab is not satisfied with that answer alone, so he comes with the second answer, that is, that's, that's a Chiddush Mitzad Gavra. I'm using that language, it doesn't use that word, Mitzad the Mechabal. But what's the chiddush? No chiddush be'etzim, because the mekabel is receiving the oil that was there before. Okay, so it's a chiddush mesad the mekabel. What's the chiddush mesad the mashpia? So he says that the truth is there's also a new er chodesh is nimshach through aveda that dafkin tachtenim did it betachtenim. We're machadish something that even erin sofnitzniat simpson didn't have. In other words, we're able to go back to atzmos that's higher than erin sofnitzniat simpson and draw down new energies. So throughout Samach Vav, he doesn't mention Rosh Hashanah, but in Tikva Chedesh Shefer Samach Zayin, he talks a lot about this Chiddush, what happens through Aveda. And essentially the word is, what's the Chiddush? Why, why are we able to create a Chiddush and not just the Mechabals receiving the Eir HaMashpiyah? It's because we do something in this world that no, n- never happened before, and that is a world of a Helen Behester, a world of Molly Klippers with Sitra Achra, when we fight the Klippas of Sitrach and we break the resistance, 
That's a chiddush. That chiddush causes a new amshacha from atzmos that even Eden soft lifnetzim. Because Eden soft lifnetzim, some never had to face resistance. Never had, never had to face any uh, menaget. We live in a world of a real mochamah between nefeshalikis and nefeshabamis, and we live in a world of golos and all the halamas of this world. Like the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, Mali klipes sitra achre to the point that it's aniva afsi eid, etc. So when we break that, the shvidas of that menaget, that creates an erchadosh that never existed before, even lifniat simsim. In a sense, it's explaining, if you wish, you could say almost the, uh, let's say he doesn't bring the Ageres HaKedosh I mentioned, but that's the idea. What's the Er Chodesh? Er Chodesh is not Stam, a new Er Chodesh is coming, is because we create Chidush, so therefore the response is, Midi connected me, that there's a Chidush Mamayl. Now what does that add to the whole equation? What it adds is, what really Avedis Adam does? What's the real Chidush here? I mean, the Shamas and Ganeidin are learning Teirah day and night. All the malachim and all the dargis, all the seidish talshlus, there's all kinds of giluim and elikus. But no one has the challenges that we have. And as a result, as a result, we can achieve something, and this is the real, ultimate, real reason, the savakosh baruch liyesleis baruch dirba tachtenim, is because dafke tachtenim. I'm sure you've all learned the sikha, shmois, look at the sikha, shchelik vav, shmois, beis, famous sikha, one of the seidish dikas sikha is about taimi habriya. So he talks about the reason the Galish is Kechesov, begin the Ishtamudim Bey, different reasons that are brought why they wish to create the world in this. But Tachlisa, of the Tachlis, the ultimate reason is Dirabit Tachtenim. It's taken from Samachvav, these my modem. Because there he talks about the first Maimon and then later, this Indian, what's the real purpose? And ultimately, all the, the Galish is Kechesov, for example, the Ebersh is Megalish Lemus Kechesov, that's ultimately no Chiddush. Because ain't keiches a pale. What's the chiddush? The Ebrista has keiches, and now it's revealed. So to say it doesn't have any significance, it does, but it's mostly for El Misal But the real chiddush is Dafke coming into this world, Shvidus Haklipus, and that is the ultimate chiddush, which basically puts into context really why we're here, going back to the whole Rosh Hashanah theme, the purpose of why we're here. The birthday of the human being, because the Ebrista wanted Adam, Adam, and Adam Achava. And by extension, all of us, we are their children and their descendants, that to take this world with his Ahel and Behester, and even other Mechava, even though Gan Eden was Ikashkine Betakhtenim, but there was a Nochash, and there was a Bechira, and they ultimately were Evra Chetet Sadas. So clearly, there were plenty of challenges. So to take a world where there are challenges, and when we overcome that challenge and we transform, we transform this material world, this Helen Behester, into uh, a mokem of Dida, Leiz Borach. That is Mamshech Er Chodosh. That no, no, not all the Ke'il Mesolyanim, like he says in Tanya, they're all a Yerida. This is the only place where you create such a Chiddush. So that adds a whole other dimension to um, the power of of Avedis Adam Michlal, but especially on Rosh Hashanah. So that's another big part of the Mamorim that talk about this element of Chiddush. In addition to what I spoke about before, the Yisod of uh, what happens exactly on Rosh Hashanah. So let's talk a few more points and taking this a little further. <coughs> Give me a tissue there.
excuse me. So, none of you probably would say, tell me if I'm wrong, to see the Rebbe blow Shafer, right? <clears throat> You're all young men. Um, but some of us, the Zikni Anash, like yourself and myself, right? We did have that schus. And uh, so we saw come alive year after year every Rosh Hashanah. Well, two days Rosh Hashanah when it wasn't Shabbos, the Rebbe personally blow Shefer. You know? <clears throat> so I want to talk about the, my modem that I talk about Shefer. Because that's Mitzvah Seyyem B'Shefer. And how that all fits into our discussion here. And it, uh, you can't really talk about Rosh Hashanah if you don't talk about the main Mitzvah of the day. And above all, you could ask the Klotz Kashi here too, you could, the whole Rosh Hashanah, everything I said right now, which are central ideas, Zeyem Tchilis Masecha, collective birthday, Arachrayis, Yemadin, what that means, the Chidush that we create, all that doesn't seem like if you didn't have a mitzvah of Shefer, what would be missing? Like, what does Shefer really add? It's true, that's the mitzvah. I understand. Zeyem Tchilis the Rambam says, even though he explains that it's also it's a wake up call, then the day it is Zeyem. But still, there has to be some, uh, some connection. So the reason I mentioned the Rebbe blowing Shefer is because one thing is when you learn about Hilcha Shefer and Shulchan Aruch, you learn about the Sugi of Shefer and Chassidus. When you see it, you see someone who knows how to blow Shefer, it changes a lot because you see the experience. The famous story, I think it's brought in Hatomim, um, when the, um, the Alter Rebbe's uh, brother, uh, was it the brother Maril? Yeah, he was really older. It was already after the Istalkos of the Alter Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek was Rebbe. So he was an older man. Um, uh, not the Mariel, I don't know if it was the Mariel. I think it was the son of, I don't remember now who it was. I think the son of the Alter Rebbe, maybe. Al Kaponim, he was very, he wasn't able to go to shul, Rosh Hashanah. So they wanted to bring a minion to, to blow shaifa for him in his house. And he insisted that they carry him to shul. Or well, they take him to shul. He wants to hear from the tzemach tzedek, Kir Shefer. So they asked him, what's the, you know, like, we could have someone come blow Shefer here. So he says, says Asher Ya'om Yedei Surua. Yedei. doesn't say Teke Surua, it says Yedei Surua. He doesn't want to hear someone that knows how to sound, uh, make sounds. He wants someone who knows Yedei, who knows the secret of Shefer. It's an interesting expression, yei de surah. What's up, yei de, not teke. Since when do you know sounds? You listen to sounds. The teke has to prepare himself to know how to sound the shefer. What's pshat yei de? So um, again, if you look at this, you come to realize, because the shefer is not just sounds. It's not just a trumpet blower. You know, there, I remember the Rebbe blowing shefer. There were years that was very difficult. It would take, I remember one year, 20 minutes, maybe even a half hour once. It was not easy to blow Shefer for the Rebbe. Then Rabbi Tenenbaum, who was to blow the Shefer, the other, the other, the other Kalis through Shemineser until the end. The Rebbe blew the first 30 Kalis. And for him, he took the same Shefer the Rebbe had. And so he ganged in without any issue. 
So as little children, we thought, okay, you know, he's a trained, and the Rebbe's not so trained, you know, the Rebbe's a Rebbe, he's not, somebody, he's not a Schaefer blower. That was the joke. Then you get a little older, you come to realize, not exactly so posh it. For a Seike Teike it's not difficult to blow a Schaefer. For a Yede Srua, it's a whole different story. He has to deal with all the, the Halomas Vestadim and all the blocks and obstacles because Schaefer is piercing the heavens. So someone has to really pierce those heavens, it's going to become, it becomes difficult. And um, not to take away from Rabbi Tenabam, but as Rabbi he was not. So the bottom line is that, um, that when, you, when you see with your own eyes, what you see, you should see that Rebbe is struggling in getting a sound out. You probably remember, right? I'm telling you, there were times you push it, uh, it, was, it was like, uh, it was painful even to see. Not painful in the sense, but the Rebbe really was struggling to get the certain sounds out. And now, when you learn, as I said, you come to realize that the three sounds, the Tkia, Shvarim, the Trua, all are, represent uh, higher Madregas and Amshachas. So let me just sum up a few of the ideas around Shefer and also connect it to the central theme that we're talking about. Whatever I don't cover today, I'll uh, hopefully cover next week. After that, I think Seder is over for the There's still week before, after that, Yom Kippur, after Yom Kippur. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. <clears throat> so the general Nukud is like this. Um, one of the Shailas Chassidus asks, why do we need a Shefer Shal Ayel? One, you know, if, if Shefer is about uh, reflecting, I should have mentioned that before, but if it's reflecting the Tzaykas HaNeshama, that's what a Shefer is, so why can't we just cry out, like we do in Davening, and that's that. Why do you need to have a shefer shal ayel of an animal? So there's the different result, the Muslim and the ayel of Kedis uh, Yitzchak and the different, uh, the different uh, explanations of that. But one of the explanations is because the ayel symbolizes Kabbalah sale. Kabbalah sale. And a human being, obviously we could also have Kabbalah sale, but it's not necessarily natural. So we take an ayel, which is like an animal that the Ebershter created that doesn't have pchira, and the ayel is uh, representative of Kabbalah sale. Hmm? Well, isles in the in the what we call the domestic animals, the animals that you can easily—they're not predators. They're animals like you know, isles in the same category of a ser. This it's uh, that family. Why dafka isle not a? Well, you have to have something that has a horn first of all. Sheep don't have horns. I mean, um, I remember Chassidus talks exactly isle as opposed to a different in that family. And I think it's not that, you know, I, I think a shefer you can make from different uh, animals in that world, the, in the world of uh, what they call cattle, I guess. Is the, um, so so uh, it's the same explanation, saying, the same uh, um, love on that the Akav was saying, the same idea that Sain also represents Bittl, Kabbalah Sale. But the point is this, you look at a shefer, you see the shape of the shefer is uh, literally like the posik we say when we before we blow shefer mina meitzah karosika anani bamerchavka and api alacha one side has to be narrow and one side has to be wide um, and the reason for that is because in gashmius reflects ruchnius how do you get a sound come out the gashmius if you blow if you try to blow through a pipe. Um, yeah, you probably get a certain sound, but you can't get the right sound properly. When it's narrow on one end, and then it expands on the other end, you can get a sound like we have the sound of the shape. 
Excuse me, I have a little congestion. <coughs> but with that's Pagashmis. The Ruchnius is because the deepest sound that comes from a person is when they're in distress. When a person is happy and comfortable, they usually don't hear a cry. A cry comes from a state of meitzar, mitzadim, from uh, called the narrowness, the narrow, the dire straits, or as I said, distress. So that's why you find there's so much discussion on meitzar, that the dafka, the meitzar of a baltshuva, the meitzar of a person who's in a state, they feel tzoma lachanafshi. If it's not, if you don't feel that tzamoyin, you're not going to cry out. That's why the Baal Shem Tov says, Halavai came by Kedish, because when you're Kedish, you don't feel the Metzah, you don't feel the Metzah, you don't have the, the same need. And that, after that, tachas, you reach Emek Reim, the Ebeshter doesn't just respond regularly, it's Menoni Bamerch of Ka. So what's the Nekudah in Ruchnius? So Chesidus explains, and my modem explained, that this is what I spoke about before, that in Lamaila, in the Elam Yenim, you don't have Meitzar. Yes, there's a Tzimtzum, but in Atzilis, it's Gilead Lekus. Where's the ultimate Meitzar Dafka in this lowest of world? Mitzarim of Gvulim, Mitzrayim, is Dafka in Elam Hazea Gashmi Achumri, Tachtenim. So it's Dafka in this world that you can reach the Merchav Ha'atzmi, is the Lushan in the Maimorim. You reach not just Merchav, Merchav Ha'atzmi. For the reason, so that's why, so Shefer is directly and connected, Mitzvah Sayyem B'Shefer, that's the essence of Rosh Hashanah. Now before Rosh Hashanah, the world is Talkus Ha'er, how do we draw down a new Er Chodesh? Why should Ebeshter renew our contract? Is because, as he says in Siddur, and this is what the Rebbe quotes very often in my modern, that everything goes back, before Rosh Hashanah, everything goes back to its original state, before, like before creation, and you have to go all the way back to Achtaras HaMelech, all the way to the Mokir, Natsmus, and the Sheir HaMokir, the Merchav Atzmi, to draw down. And only Mina Meitzah Karasi Ka, the Afka from the Mata, you're able to do that. And the, different, the, diff, the three different sounds, briefly at least, are all different, uh, form, different Amshachis. You know, the, like he says in the Gemara, there's Tkia, there's Tua Shvarim, there's different ways we cry out. So there's the long wail of the tkia, there's the short like bechias, and then there's like the whimpers that come from uh, the, the, the shvarim. So what you have here is uh, different expressions. Then the zeya says that there's a color the loyishtama. So all these are sounds. There's a color that you don't hear altogether, which comes to explain that sometimes the deepest cry is when you don't hear the sound. I remember one year, I was, uh, I was a young bocher, and it was difficult for the Rebbe to sound the shafer, I remember, a certain part. So I was standing near somebody, I remember who it was, it was a chassid maybe it was Shalom Ber Vesheska, I don't remember. So, uh, you know, the shafer were all quiet because of the brachas and so on, but after davening, I met him, and he, he saw that I was standing near him, and we both saw the Rebbe, so he said that part where the Rebbe was difficult for him to sound the shafer, that was the call of the Leish Tam, the deepest sound of all. Because even sound is an expression. What the Maimodim explained is that the more sound you have, the more tzir you have, the more structure you have. The less sound, the more etzim it is. 
So the truth is the kavon of shefer is to reach the etzem. That's lemaila mekolz from lemaila all the sounds. But you want the amshachet to also be in the shtalshlus that we should hear it. In other words, if, if, if you don't hear any sound, you don't have the seders that you need. So essentially the sounds are all about, the question is the measure of how much kalim and how much eir. Eir is no sound, kalim is sound. So the tkiah is more kalim, the shvarim is even less, and the, and the tru is even less. And then there's the kolot leishtame, which has reached the etzim itself. That's the mailam kol sound. There's more to say on this topic, but because it's already 9.30, so I'm going to stop here. I want to talk about the Haftera, Chana, and a few other things that are part of this, but we have another share before uh, Rosh Hashanah. So, everyone have a good week.